Hello, I'm Alec and this is Scandal 101. Hello, happy New Year's Eve day. Um, for me, it's 10 minutes <laughs> since I last recorded, whoa, since I recorded the last episode. So don't tell me what happens. I want it to be a surprise. Hopefully nothing crazy <laughs> happens. Oh, one thing I didn't say in the last episode, I'm recording it in like the same time frame. There was a huge earthquake in Northwest California, like a 6.2 magnitude, and I didn't feel it. I am so, <laughs> so bummed. Part of the reason why I chose to go to school in California, literally no joke, is because I want to feel an earthquake. There were a lot of other reasons why I chose to come to California, but one of the contributing factors was that I wanted to feel an earthquake, and the fact that there was a huge earthquake in Northwest California I don't know where I am, maybe central-ish, northern-ish California. I don't know. I just wish I could have felt it, especially at 6.2. I feel like that goes a long way, but apparently not that far. And in saying all that, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> if you've listened to the last episode, you know, and I said it here since I'm recording it literally like 10, 20 minutes after I just got done recording last week's episode, I don't have any scandal updates because... Nothing has been breaking in the past 10 minutes, but I'm sure there are going to be quite a few to talk about when I record next week's episode. You've seen the title to this episode, so you already know what it's going to be about. I just want to put a little bit of a trigger warning out front. It does involve mentions of sexual assault and rape, and there are one or two uh, descriptions of what happens. It's not that graphic. I didn't want to include super graphic detail, but it is a little descriptive, so just know that going in. Um, I'll, pro I'll try and flag it before I mention it. And with that, we are going to dive into the 2015 New Year's Eve attacks on women. This story takes place in Cologne, Germany on New Year's Eve in 2015 going into 2016. A New York Times article written by Melissa Eddy in 2016 gives some context for Cologne, Germany. Cologne, at least at the time of when this article was published, which was in early 2016, had roughly 1 million people and was described as one of Germany's most ethnically diverse cities. In 2015, the city took in over 10,000 refugees. And why I bring up refugees and why refugees even comes into the conversation at all is because, it, is because of a decision by former Chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel. She had made the decision for Germany to take in refugees from conflict-ridden nations, which had increased the number of asylum-seeking people coming into Germany. The number had grown to an amount to where there were starting to become some issues with assimilation uh, of all of these people coming in into the German society. So that is a very, very brief background as to the context of this event. I just wanted to explain a little bit as to why refugees enter this conversation, and it will be explained further down the line of how this plays out. The fact that former Chancellor Angela Merkel had been allowing a greater number of refugees in, it, it was a huge controversial political talking point at the time. 
quote, Miss Merkel has come under intensifying criticism for failing to anticipate the social and economic costs of her policy, end quote. Okay, so now we're back. New Year's Eve 2015, Cologne, Germany. Specifically, we are in an area between the Cologne Central, Tra- Central Train Station and the Cologne Cathedral. From the Wikipedia page on these events, and normally I don't really like using Wikipedia as a main source, but they had a lot of the articles that they cited translated, and so I did look at the articles, but, you know, whatever. I'm not saying Wikipedia is a bad source. Wikipedia is usually a good jumping off point, so I did double check the sources. The Wikipedia page was accurate. So, from the Wikipedia page on these events, according to one high-ranking Cologne officer, around 10 p.m. on December 31st, passerbys informed police about, quote, fights, robberies, and sexual assaults on women taking place in and around the train station, end quote. The New York Times article and a German newspaper reported that police weren't informed of these events until well after midnight. So regardless of when they were informed, at some point, most likely between, let's say, 10 p.m. on December 31st and 1 or 2 a.m. on January 1st, police were alerted about the fights, the robberies, and the sexual assaults on women taking place in and around the train station. Later that morning, uh, January 1st, Cologne police put out a police report that said that the night had been, quote, mostly peaceful and relaxed, end quote. However, as per usual, the tabloids had a different story and their story was conflicting with what the police was saying. The stories in the tabloids eventually got to the police and the stories had headlines such as, quote, New Year's Eve, Central Train Station, Young Women Sexually Harassed, end quote, which is quite a stark difference from what the police were saying of mostly peaceful and relaxed. The next day, January 2nd, the Cologne police had a different story. They put out a press release that reported 30 criminal notifications, or basically 30 criminal reports or filings, of attacks and robberies on women, indecent touching of women, and apparently the perpetrators were groups of men with, quote, North African appearance, end quote. Other newspapers, so that was what the police report was saying. It talked about, you know, there's these 30 criminal reports and there's the, quote, North African appearance, end quote, of these, of these men. So other newspapers and big national media news outlets started reporting on the report from the police, but they were reporting selectively and they left out details of the ethnicity of the group of men. And I pause there for just to let that sink in. The police were reporting, hey, here are these crimes. Here is the ethnicity of the people that were, that were reported. And the media was like, cool, cool. We're going to report on it, but they generally left out the ethnicity of the potential assailants. From an article published on January 4th in The Local, the chief of police of Cologne said, quote, There was a very large number of sexual assaults there, and in a massive way. Women were grabbed and attacked, end quote. He then added, quote, The crimes were committed by a group of people who, from appearance, were largely from the North African or Arab world, end quote. And this report is coming out three days after the police initially came out and said everything was relaxed and chill or whatever they said. And then the next day they changed the story. And now 
the media is starting to report on the ethnicity of these, you know, potential assailants. What happened that night? Let's get a little bit better of a picture of what happened. That New Year's Eve night, quote, a group of about 500 men between the ages of 15 and 35 assembled at the train station and in the area of the cathedral before throwing firecrackers into the masses of people celebrating the arrival of the new year, end quote. This was apparently done as a distraction, and during the distraction, the young men entered the crowd, pickpocketed, and sexually assaulted women. After the police were called, and of course, there were a lot of people calling the police, people were throwing fireworks into the crowd, people were starting to get pickpocketed and assaulted, 143 local police officers as well as 70 federal officers tried to get things under control. The police chief said that due to the amount of people and the darkness and the chaos that was going on, the operation was less than effective. So the police chief flat out admitted, we did not do a good job with this. Like, we could have done better, but we didn't. By January 5th, the Cologne police had received now 90 criminal incident reports, of which 23 were sexual assaults. Crime reports, of course, kept coming in, and then by November 25th of that year, so 11 months later, there were estimates that around 650 women had been sexually assaulted that night. 509 sexual offenses had been reported, and among those, 22 reported were rapes. And again, I just want you to remember, those are just the sexual offenses being reported, which, of course, rape, sexual assault is a heavily underreported crime, but that's not taking into account assaults. You know, if it was a non-sexual assault, that's not taking in assaults, that's not taking in robbery, that's not taking in pickpocketing. 509 reports were for sexual offenses. And the other thing I want you to remember is that this is all happening in one area. This is happening in Cologne, Germany. And of course, it's it's a big city. It has about had about 1 million people at the time. So it wouldn't be uncommon to have, you know, thousands of people gathered together in a certain area. But we have 509 sexual offense reports coming in from this one event in Cologne, Germany. The reason I've been stressing that this is all happening in Cologne, Germany is because it's not an isolated incident. Let's make our way over to Stuttgart, Germany. On January 3rd, it was reported that two women had been sexually assaulted by a group of 15 men between the ages of 30 and 40 years old, black-haired, quote, southern people with Arab looks, end quote. By mid-January, the amount of sexual offense complaints in, in Stuttgart was 17. And these sexual, uh, sexual offense reports were from New Year's Eve as well. So you have Cologne. By the end of the year, you have 509 reports. And then in Stuttgart, by the end of January, you have 17. In Hamburg... The night of New Year's Eve, there was one call of sexual harassment made to the police. After this call, complaints kept coming in, and by the end of January, 
there were 218 complaints regarding 351 victims, and by July, it was confirmed that there were over 400 women in Hamburg that were the victim that were victims of sexual violence on New Year's Eve. In Frankfurt, 60 reports of sexual harassment on women during New Year's Eve, and apparently those were done by, quote, Arab or North African men, end quote. In Dortmund, four sexual offenses. In Bielefeld, there were 20 offenses filed by the end of 2016. In Dusseldorf, by November of 2016, there were 103 complaints of sexual offenses reported and registered with the police or public prosecutor. All of these, or almost all of these, were apparently perpetrated by, quote, men of North African or Arab appearance, end quote. And just so you know, I'm going to briefly describe what happened in some of these cities. From the official police report description of what happened that night, this is coming from the Cologne police report. They said, quote, 500 men aged 15 to 35, appearing Arab or North African in background, strongly intoxicated with alcohol, had gathered on the plaza between Cologne Central train station and the cathedral and were shooting fireworks into the air and at the rest of the crowd, after which this Arab slash North African group had grown to over 1,000 men by 11 p.m., end quote. In other cities, such as Hamburg, groups of young men, quote, encircled women, groping them between the legs and tearing their tights and underwear, end quote. In Stuttgart, quote, groups of men were reported to have encircled women, groped and touched them indecently, and in some cases, robbed their handbags or phones, end quote. In Frankfurt, quote, in one incident, a group of 10 North African men sexually assaulted three women. In another incident, three men harassed and indecently touched a group of four women and stole a phone from them, end quote. Basically, to spare you more details that are essentially the same, the similar events were reported in Bielefeld, Dortmund, and Dusseldorf. One thing that you've probably gathered is that all of these assailants have the same description, North African, Arab descent, or Arab, Arab ethnicity, there we go. And if you'll remember, the police report described their North African or Arab appearance, but the media wasn't reporting it. It wasn't until January 4th or 5th when the media started to report on the, ethnic on the ethnicity of the assailants. Once this started to come out, there was social media outrage and there was backlash saying that the news media had purposely not reported or had underreported those facts, quote, for fear of encouraging anti-immigrant or anti-refugee sentiments, end quote. There was criticism from a lot of people, but especially right-winged politicians. The term Lugenpress, which means lying press in German, was popular, and it was a term that 39% of adult Germans did not reject. From that, I gather that 39% of adult Germans were like, yep, that term is cool with me. That is perfect. A stupid lying press. Yar. <laughs> I don't know. They were probably just like, yep, that term's cool. Love that term. Hate the lying press. Criticism kept coming in from political commenter, commentators and right-wing politicians, like I said. Their anger was directed toward the national news media, police, and it was their anger was because of a potential cover-up, and it was apparently 
all in a name to avoid a backlash against the increasing number of refugees that had arrived in Germany. Obviously, when talking about Germany and German history, the racial policies of the Nazis cannot be ignored, and then that in context with the controversy about the refugee program that former Chancellor Angela Merkel had introduced, it was a perfect storm for a heavily debated big issue. So you have the awful complex history of Nazi Germany. You have this conversation in Germany at the time of we're letting too many refugees come into our country. And then you have this event where hundreds, hundreds, potentially thousands of women are sexually assaulted, raped, robbed. And from all reports, it looks like it's coming from potentially those refugees that Chancellor Angela Merkel is advocating for and wanting to come into Germany. <laughs> of course, this is going to be a huge controversy. So what happened? It turns out that there really was a little bit of truth to the cover-up claims. From a Telegraph article reported by Justin Hugler, in the first, in the first Cologne police report, the following was mentioned. Quote, rape, sexual assaults, and thefts carried out by a large group of foreign nationals, end quote. The North Rhine-Westphalian Interior Ministry called the Cologne police and asked them to tone down the report and to remove the word rape from it. That is not okay, because if you are going to be reporting to the public what happened, I don't think you should silence people who went through that traumatic experience unless they specifically request it. But also at the same time, I think that as a police, you have a duty to inform the community and the public as to what happened and what's going on and what you're going to do about it. Granted, I understand that, you know, you have to keep information back sometimes to help you find the perpetrators. But I think in this case, saying that there were rapes that happened is not going to damage or hinder the investigation at all. So it turns out that there was a little bit of maybe, I guess, what you could call a cover-up. Nothing like, ah, uh, don't specifically hide the ethnicity, but the word rape was like, yeah, don't use that, soften the language. In my opinion, not great that they did that, but it is what it is. With the fact that so many of the men were uh, similarly described, and the fact that these men in most of these situations were in large groups. There was speculation that the attacks in all of these towns were premeditated. It was declared on January 5th by the German Minister of Justice that the sex crimes were, quote, unor were <laughs> unorganized, were, quote, organized crime, end quote, and that they were likely planned. It was later toned down to, quote, it all seems to have been agreed upon, end quote, until eventually in mid-February, the idea of organized crime was outright rejected by the new Cologne police chief. So in a series of basically a month and a half, it was from, yes, this was organized crime, this was planned out, this was premeditated, to absolutely not. This was not organized crime, this was not planned, no way, Jose. There was evidence found that there was to be a meeting at the train station, apparently 
front like with these men they all had agreed to meet at the train station but there was never any evidence found online or with any of the men that there was anything to do with the actual crime quote there's nothing that hints at organized crime Rather, it is so that such sexual assaults by groups are also a huge problem in, for example, Cairo. These perpetrators probably knew this behavior of surrounding and then abusing women with many other men from their country of descent, end quote. Of course, there was a lot of response that came from this entire situation, and going into this next part, just know there is a lot that I am scratching the surface of. If you are interested, I recommend you do so much research on this. This is not an in-depth dive on the episode, but I, I picked out what I thought were the most important parts, and here they are. There was a women's discussion in Cologne on January 6th, so just a few days after these attacks, and it said that the violence was not different than violence that had previously taken place in the city, but the only change was that instead of German men doing the attacking, it was refugee men. Essentially, the conversation was that the anger should not be directed at refugees, but rather the fact that this violence takes place at all. And I really, really support that message because what I gathered from reading about the talk is that these attacks are not uncommon in Germany, and these attacks, maybe they're done a little differently, but attacks like these are done to German women by German men, but yet we have never seen an outrage like this, and presumably the only difference we have going on here is the fact that it's refugees, it's people that are different from us, it's people that look different than us, so why all of a sudden is there accountability when it's people that look different than us that are from a different place? But if it's these German men, how come there's no punishment? How come there's no outrage when that happens? This next one is a little, oh, it's a little, it's pretty disgusting and disheartening, but it is part of the story. Quote, a Cologne-based imam in an interview for a Russian television channel around January 20th, 2016, tried to excuse the attacks by asserting that women on New Year's Eve were lightly dressed and wore perfume. Young men had taken pills or drugs or had drank alcohol, were therefore disinhibited, and thus groped those women, end quote. So basically, this imam was like, listen up, ladies, you were wearing, you know, your little outfits, you were wearing perfume, and these men, they were just drunk, they were on drugs, they, you, they can't be held responsible for what they did, you were wearing perfume. Um, to that imam, I say, bullshit. It's not a woman's responsibility to not get raped, to not get sexually assaulted, Rather, it's the responsibility. It shouldn't even be a responsibility. It should be the basic human decency that men have for women to not rape them, to not sexually assault them. You know, it's just so concerning that we're always telling not only, I mean, mostly women, but just anybody, make sure you go in pairs, make sure you have pepper spray, try not to walk on the dark side of the street when we could just tell hey men, and I mean there are women who sexually assault and rape people, but the majority of them are men, we could just tell men, hey men, don't rape people, don't sexually assault people, don't be an asshole, and everything will be a, everything will be a little bit better than it is now. But that's unfortunately not the conversation. 
It's just so stupid. There were suggestions to close German borders after this, and attitudes toward migrants and refugees, of course, were negative. There was a lot of hostility going on. It was just such a toxic environment to be in if you in Germany if you were a refugee or an asylum seeker at this point. Other countries' anger was displayed, such as the Prime Minister of Slovakia saying he would make a conceited effort to prevent Muslim migrants from entering Slovakia. I also saw that there was one of Donald Trump's famous tweets that he tweeted out, basically saying that Germany was being attacked or German citizens were being attacked by migrants. Uh, just, he, that man loved his Twitter. Loved. Past tense. Not anymore. On January 11th, former Chancellor Angela Merkel said, quote, Refugees are coming to Europe and we are vulnerable, as we see. End quote. And this was after her promising tougher actions and measures against criminals of foreign nationality. The mayor of Cologne, she found herself in hot water. On January 5th, just four days after the attack, after being asked how women could protect themselves from attacks like these, she said that women should keep themselves, quote, an arm's length distance, end quote, from people they didn't know well. Basically, <laughs> this came across like she was blaming women, she was blaming the victims, and there was a ton of outrage felt through social media. There were a lot of responses to this, such as the police chief of Cologne being dismissed, there was increased police surveillance, restraining orders, and there were police raids on criminal refugees and North Africans. And kind of to wrap it up, which is a little bit of, I mean, is a big bummer, is that it was difficult to hold people accountable. There were so many attacks across different areas, there were so many people involved, different crowds, large crowds, and it was at night when this happened. So, like, no one really got a hard look as to the people who were there. After investigations, interviews, and arrests, there were judicial proceedings against 120 suspects in sexual violence. And then remember, there was the crowd in Cologne that was over 500 people. So only 120 judicial proceedings were brought against people. And in terms of convictions, as of November 2016, coming from the 120 judicial proceedings, nine people were convicted. Just nine people were convicted of the sexual assault, rapes, you know, physical assaults, burglar, or not burglaries, robberies, thefts, of potentially thousands of women in Germany, only nine people were convicted. And on that somber note, that concludes the 2015 New Year's Eve attacks on women in Germany. This is, there's so much more information out there. The Wikipedia page alone is gigantic. There's also other good sources out there. A lot of them are not in English, so you have to translate a couple of them, but there are some good English sources out there. And the reason I'm saying this is because I did not cover every aspect of this scandal. Most scandals I don't because it would take way too long to do. But this is a condensed version of a story that I think should be told because it's something that happened, it impacted a lot of women, and... I would make the argument that justice was not served. 
And that's the unfortunate thing about sexual assault and rape cases is that the evidence, the standard of evidence that most court systems have is great because you don't want innocent people being convicted. But when looking at sexual assault and rape cases, there's a big burden placed on the victims that makes it difficult for a conviction to be had, which is really, really unfortunate. But that is, it's just an unfortunate reality that we have with our judicial system. On one side of the coin, you have the positives of you want the evidence standard to be high so we don't have innocent people being convicted. But the flip side of that coin is that there's a big burden for victims of sexual assault to prove. And oftentimes, there's not a lot of physical evidence to be had to prove that it did happen to the standard that is needed for a conviction in a court case. Alrighty, so on that note, I am going to read a personal scandal. I asked just a generic one, like what scandalous thing happened in your town? And this one, big trigger warning, this one has to do with uh, rape and children but it is quite shocking and a little interesting and I think you would probably find it interesting as well. And this is what it says. I'm not sure this could even be talked about more, but there's this guy who's been arrested multiple times for going to parties with little girls, getting them drunk, and raping them. There have been pictures posted of him after he got knocked out naked in an Airbnb that finally got reposted by almost everyone in town, saying he finally got what was coming to him since he never served time for any of his arrests. So basically, it kind of sounds like this guy would get these girls drunk, rape them, and kind of on theme with what I was just talking about, you could get arrested, but with the standard of evidence, it sounds like he never served time. So I guess it's good that maybe, well, I don't know. I mean, vigilante justice is something that is a, quite a complex topic and sending someone's nude photos around on the internet is definitely one way to get vigilante justice. And yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It's such, that's such a complicated one because obviously I want that guy to be punished for everything he's done. Is spreading his nude photos around online the best way to go about that? I... I don't know. I mean, that's definitely going to be a form of punishment, but I don't know. Is that something that, I don't know. It's just like when you look at those kinds of punishments and the type of punishment and what kind of values it's reinforcing in society, I'm very unhappy that he has not been punished in terms of the judicial system. And it sounds like the town was fed up with it and took things into their own hands. Okay, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, even though it was a little bit of a hard one to listen to. If you would like to stay up with the latest, keep in touch on social media, on Instagram at Scandal101Podcast, on Twitter at Scandal101Pod, on Facebook, search Scandal101Podcast, you'll find us on there. The website with the show notes is scandal101podcast.podbean.com. And then the email, if you want to send in your personal scandal to be read on the podcast, is scandal101podcast at gmail.com. I hope you have a safe and happy New Year's Eve. It is crazy to think that 2022 is literally tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Happy New Year's Eve. Stay safe. This has been episode 33 of Scandal 101.